so this morning I'm, I'm speaking on gratitude. I'll, I'll start off with that. But just sitting there um, thinking of all these testimonies, I just want to say I think that gratitude in our hearts isn't getting what we want. But it's actually knowing that we're getting what He wants. It's knowing that, that we are getting what He wants for us. That's it. It's such a safe place. If we know, man, that he's giving us what he wants. Because he knows. He sees the end and the beginning. He sees it. He plans it. And so he knows how much, how little, when, when not. Something that I'm working through in my life as a, as a young leader, as a, uh, as a Christian. <laughs> and I think gratitude is a forever journey. It's not just a, a once-off thing. All right, so that sort of threw my introduction <laughs> around a bit. But as I mentioned, this morning I want to speak on gratitude, and it's actually something that is mentioned in the Bible quite a few times. And actually in different variations in the Greek, it's mentioned about 157 times in different variations. And I believe it's something that really, like just hearing the testimonies and hearing what the Lord has done, it's something that shouldn't just be a thing of when something happens, oh, now I feel gratitude. But it's actually something that should be embedded in the hearts of every Christian. It's something that should be there always. Not just when it goes well, not, not when it goes bad, but it should be embedded there. It needs to stay there. And it's something that each of us sitting here this morning has somewhere perhaps come to know in our lives. We've realized, man, that what true grace and mercy is has pushed us towards gratitude. Not away from it, but realizing, man, just the grace and the mercy of the Lord compels our hearts to gratitude. And I love what A.W. Tozer once said. <clears throat> Please excuse my coughs. A.W. Tozer once said this, that gratitude is an offering precious in the sight of God. And it is one that the poorest of us can make. And be not poorer, but richer for having made it. And I love it. It's that with this heart of gratitude, with thanksgiving, it's actually one of the ways by which we enter God's presence. The psalm says in Psalm 100 verse 4, it says that we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. And I love what God says in Psalm 50 again. He says in Psalm 50 verse 23 that the one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. So through this, we enter his courts with thanksgiving, with hearts full of gratitude and in return we glorify him knowing man, what we've received who he is and there's, there's a story in the bible which i would love to look at this morning it's, it's actually a parable it's one of jesus's many many famous parables everything he did was famous and it's one of the mary oh, mary many famous parables he told 
And I would love just to draw a few key points from this as we look at gratitude this morning. And it's in Luke 15, verse 11. We'll start from verse 11, and it's a parable of the prodigal son, and I'll read it for us. And he said, there was a man who had two sons. I'm going to read the whole parable, so just bear with me for a while. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. And not many days later, the youngest son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country. And he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate. And no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And his son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. I sorry, this is where putting your scriptures in your preach helps. Oh, of course my Bible app would be acting up. Sorry. Ach, thank you, my friend. Thank you, Lithi. She saved the moment there. Well, great. Okay, let me read from the Bible. <laughs> um, so I ended at um, the calf. Ne? That's where I ended off. Um, and bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. And here's sort of where the kicker comes in. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come. And your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, look, these many years I've served you and I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me. And all that is mine is yours. And it was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. And this... I want to focus on the older brother this morning. Just that response that he had. Um, and obviously we read there his response and just how the, the way he acted 
It wasn't one of gratitude, but it was actually one of ingratitude. And I'll get, I'll, I'll draw a few points from that and then just so you can see um, what I'm saying. It was one of ingratitude. And I believe we first need to establish just like how ingratitude comes into our hearts. And once we've established that, man, then we'll see what the proper response is for us as God's children of the why and the how of gratitude. Are you guys still with me? Are you guys all right? Great. And actually, interesting enough that ingratitude or being unthankful is actually listed among some of the heavy sins in Romans. I read that, I was just like, okay, I really need to check my heart always. But imagine being the older brother in this situation. You know, you've been working yourself to the bone. You've been faithful. You've been working. You've been toiling. You've just, you've been, you've been doing your thing. And here your younger brother comes home after squandering his inheritance. And your dad isn't like, oh, look what you did. It's actually, no, bring all the best things we have. He's come back. Man, it's always the younger siblings that get away with everything. And I think my older sister would agree with me on that because I'm the youngest, so I know. But just picture yourself, put, put yourself in his shoes. I mean, can you, can you perhaps blame him for maybe allowing ingratitude to creep in his heart? Like, oh, Father, I've been working. I've been doing all these things. But you give a cough to him? Man, yes. so far off, Jesus. That's what I'm realizing in my heart. And if you ask so many Christians and you show them that parable of, of who do you think you relate to, the younger or the older brother? They would say the younger brother. He's the hero of the story. Like, uh, think of that song, like, amazing grace, how sweet the sound, you know. I once was lost, but now it's found. And everyone's like, oh, I'm the prodigal. But how many of us say, like, no, man, just like, <laughs> would we admit that maybe just sometimes there is somewhere in our heart ingratitude that can creep in? I'm dead afraid to admit it, that I have so much ingratitude sometimes. But it's only when I have ingratitude that I realize what true gratitude should look like. It sounds, it sounds bizarre. And going through this parable, the few points that I want to mention, and as we build towards gratitude, and we'll start in verse 29, and it's now the older son, and he said, but he answered his father, look, these many years I've served you, and I never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. And one of the things that creeps into our hearts once, just that small little bit of ingratitude grips our hearts, is that of envy. Envy is one of the things that is fueled by ingratitude. I love what Proverbs says in Proverbs 14 verse 30. It says that a tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. And you read there that the older brother was just 
filled with so much envy. Like you give, you gave him the calf. Like why can't I have what he had? Then we read the Bible and what the Lord says. And he says in Romans 12, verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Not rejoice with those who weep and weep at those who rejoice. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And I think ingratitude blinded the older brother to so many things. The fact that he had a house, security. He had a loving father. In fact, he had servants. It sounds great. Imagine like palm leaves and uh, grapes and everything, how the movies portray servants. But that ingratitude, that response which he gave to his father, like he gave this to him, blinded him. That envy blinded him to the fact that actually all along he had everything he needed. And I actually need to daily repent because one of the things I envy is being tall, dark, and handsome. So I'm getting, I'm, I'm still getting to the tall and, uh, and dark part. The, re- the rest I've got sorted. Uh, Right, yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, that's why my wife is sitting there with a smile. She's like, just, I'm, look, I'm, I'm, yeah. she's got gratitude in her heart. <laughs> no, actually, actually, it's the other way around. It really is. <laughs> but I'm joking. I don't repent daily about that. There was just like, <laughs> it's something that I aspire to. Tall, dark, and handsome. One day in heaven, tall, dark, and handsome. That is what I want to be. But I want to throw out the question to us this morning. Maybe you're sitting here this morning. You've been working. You've been toiling. You've been faithful. Maybe some of us with jobs. Who's been wanting that promotion. Who's been wanting that little bit. Which just maybe even recognition. That's not the workplace. But possibly even in the church as well. You want that, just that, man, I see what you're doing. Maybe that envy has crept into your heart. But actually, it's filled by ingratitude. Of realizing, man, if I'm being faithful, it matters where it should matter. Before Him, that's where it matters. What use is it pleasing man? It's tiresome pleasing man. Yes, but when we please Him, man, when we're faithful before Him, when we work for Him, who needs a fattened calf? (laughs) And the second thing, one of the things that I also believe crept in the heart, possibly, of this older brother, is that of familiarity. And in verse 31, we read there, it says, and this is now the father speaking to the son. And he said to him, son, you are always with me. And all that is mine is yours. You're always with me. And we said there that like he's been working. He's been in his father's house, toiling. He's, he's been the older brother. Like he's been the, actually the example But he missed that when his father said, like, you've always been with me. 
And I think if you realize that, man, like, actually, I've been with my father the whole time. I've been in the place of blessing. Familiarity would not have crept in his heart. And I was reminded of a story in Luke 10, verse 38. And it's a story of Martha and Mary. And I want to use the story just to illustrate that point. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered the village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Obviously, it speaks there about serving. She served much. But I think if we look at the heart of Mary in that moment, that in that moment, Martha was busy serving, doing all the things, being a great host. But Mary actually went and realized, I am in the presence of Jesus. Let me just ponder in this moment. Let me just stay here as long as I can. And maybe if that was the response of the older son, he would have gone like, and not to make his father God, but he would have just gone like, man, I'm in the presence of a father who loves me, of a father who's given me everything, of a father who said, all that is mine is yours. I think the, the, the big thing is that it wasn't a, a matter of believing. They both believed, Mary and Martha, but perhaps of revelation. And I love what Warren Worsby said in one of his books. He said that if we can live in the midst of goodness and not recognize its quality at least to a measure, then goodness hasn't made much of an impression on us. And I've used this analogy before of, of Table Mountain, of, of the first time you moved to Cape Town, be growing up in Joburg where there's no mountains but biceps of the guys in gyms. That's the only mountains, really. But you move to Cape Town and you see Table Mountain for the first time. The first few months, like, oh, my hat, it's Table Mountain. And then after a few years, it's sort of like, oh, there's Table Mountain. Great, woo. It's a table mountain. <laughs> it's a mountain that looks like a table. Oh, where do you get that? And I've realized that. It's like we, we would drive in the car and Rebecca would be like, oh, look, it's table mountain. I'd be like, where? <laughs> it's table mountain from the other side. And it's just that thing of what familiarity can do to your heart. And it feels ingratitude. That once our hearts are ungrateful, once ingratitude creep in, we become familiar. We realize, man, that actually what we have is pure. But if our hearts are gripped with gratitude, if we realize that who it is we are speaking to when we say Father, who it is we are listening to when He speaks, who it is whose spirit we have in us, that would feel gratitude in our hearts and in 2020 I lost my father and in just in preparing this I, it's, I don't want to throw a pity party or a woe is me, woe is me but there was just 
there's moments that you, you have. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm 26. And there's so many things that I wish I could have asked my dad. Says, How does this work? How do you do this? How does marriage work? Rent, all these things. The last golf game, the last pool game. Just all these things. Man, what I would do for that one moment with him. Just that little while longer. Just to make sure the last conversation we had was great. And we see here that the son, the older son, said, just like, I don't care about your presence, Father. I just want your blessings. And he became familiar with the father he had. And maybe some of us this morning sitting here with familiar hearts, maybe feel like, man, have I become familiar with God? Have I become familiar with his presence? Have I become familiar with his grace, with his mercy? And then lastly, one of the big things is that I believe he didn't understand that his father's heart was for him from the very beginning. And in verse 31, the father speaks and he says, and he said to him, son, you're always with me and all that is mine is yours. And we see that his response was like, no, I wanted more, like I wanted more. Now, son, all that is mine is yours. My heart is for you. And actually, if in the time then, the law then stated that the older brother would receive two-thirds of the family property. That is a massive amount. And he looks past that when the father says, like, son, you're always with me. And all that is mine is yours. And we said earlier that he had everything, security, servants. But he had a father who cared. Man, and how much more does our Father in heaven care for us? How much more? And this morning, I want to say to you that if you're sitting here, there's a God that loves you. There is a God that wants to use you. There is a Father that's heart is for you. He's not divided. He's not absent. His heart is for you. And we read in James 1 verse 17. That every good gift and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. He is the same today and tomorrow. He's for you. If you're sitting here this morning and you're feeling, man, just like listening to the testimonies, how can you not believe that there is a God for you when you hear these testimonies? And now I want to come to gratitude. And I want to end off strong with this. And so earlier I mentioned that ingratitude should be something that's embedded in our hearts as Christians. And right at the center of our hearts, right at the center of our gratitude, should be one thing. It's the gospel. It's Jesus. The finished work of the cross. What God did, that should feel our gratitude. That should be the reason why we wake up in the morning. That when your lips open, it says, man, 
I am thankful for God. And I'll just remind us of the God we are serving. And I'm hoping that as we look at this, that gratitude would fill our hearts. Because this is the God we are serving. It's the God of whom the psalmist says that by his word, he created the heavens and all of their host. By his word. Not by his superpowers, by his word that he spoke. He created heaven and all of their host. It's the God who parted the Red Sea for the Israelites to cross. The God who created man out of nothing but dust. It's the God who knows the number of the hairs on your head. It's the God who knitted you together in your mother's womb. Perfectly, wonderfully. He did it. The God who is a father to the fatherless and the protector of widows. The one who turned water into wine. Who made the blind see, the lame walk, and to the, the deaf to hear. And he's the God who sent his only son to die on a cross for the sins of the world. Man, this is the God we serve. This is the living God we serve. Man, and when you realize the God you serve, gratitude grips your heart. Gratitude grips your heart when you realize, oh my hat. When David says, God, what is man that you are mindful of him? It's a privilege knowing him, but man, the fact that he knows us. Yes. I want to end off with this this morning. If you ever wonder what it means to be grateful, just like if you ever feel your heart drifting from gratitude, just drifting to a place of familiarity, drifting to a place of envy, I would say gratitude is this for me. Gratitude is realizing that it took a God to sacrifice His only Son. That it took for him to be mocked and persecuted. That it took for him to be stripped of his clothes. That it took for him to be whipped and lashed beyond recognition. And with each lash and whip, flesh left his body. That it took a crown of thorns to be placed on his head. That it took for him to be nailed on a cross. And that it took a father to pour out all his wrath on his perfect son. That is what it took for us to be here this morning. That is what it takes for gratitude to fill our hearts. So when we realize, man, just what he's done. And I really, I don't want my heart to be heavy. I don't like want there to be a spirit of heaviness. But just in preparing this, I'm like, yo, Lord, I'm so far off of being grateful. If only I knew. And so I was lost. I went and squandered my inheritance. I'm ending off with this. 
I grew up in a privileged home. Great, awesome upbringing. Went to varsity, smoked, I drank, did everything. Lied to my parents. Just looked at, I was addicted to pornography. So many things. And man, one day, everything just came out. (laughs) That was not a fun conversation to have. I think I lost sight of what I had. Not the blessings, not the fact of going to varsity, all that, that, that is amazing, but actually the fact that, man, yes, I was not honoring God. And I look at my life this morning, and I look at it in gratitude and say, Shish, Father, you knew from the beginning. You knew from the beginning. I looked past it, but he knew. He knew. We can never be grateful enough, but we can always be more grateful every day.